0: Hello and welcome to The Mentor, I'm Mark Boris. This week I'm joined by Matt Bateman and Luke Harris. Now these guys are the owners of a business called The Property Mentors. These two have been investing in real estate for decades and they've both owned other businesses, so they know how to run a business. They came together to start this company helping other people with their property investments. It works as a membership program. It gives members education, sales advice, and one-on-one help, like property coaching. They also pool their clients' buying power, which is a really interesting concept, and with that buying power, they are able to get their clients into larger investments. And I'm going to tease it out a bit more and find out how that all works. I love talking to property and real estate guys, and I'm keen to hear how it's all going. So let's get into it. Luke Harris, Matt Bateman, welcome to The Mental.
1: Thanks, mate. Thank you. Great to
0: be here. Where'd you come from?
1: <laughs> well, I'm originally from Sydney. So I'm, oh, yeah? a, I'm an old Sydney boy, but I've been in Melbourne since 2001. So um, uh, Luke's story is pretty similar.
2: He's come from Perth. so uh... Perth boy. Grew up in Perth moved to Melbourne uh, 14 years ago.
0: So you guys operate out of Melbourne. We're operating I mean, I Melbourne. guess you're, you're running a, an online program, so you can operate from anywhere.
1: Well, it's online and it's offline. So is it? a lot of our business, I guess- Well, yeah, tell me, okay, yeah. let's talk about the business. Right. So basically the business started because Luke and I joined forces uh, about five years ago. We were basically doing parallel things. So my background is I'm a chiropractor by training. So I um, grew up here in Sydney, as I said, went to you know, University of Sydney, then to Macquarie, did my chiropractic degree there. Um, was actively involved in sports my whole life. So um, went out and started a chiropractic business before I actually even graduated. So I've always been relatively entrepreneurial. Um, and as a result of my sporting background and the relationships that I'd built at the University of Sydney and other places, I got the opportunity to work with some of Australia's best athletes um, on a one-on-one basis and basically did three Olympic campaigns. So over 12 years, I worked one-on-one with you know some of our Olympic swimmers and you know first grade rugby, cricket, boxing, um, a whole range of sports. So um, had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but during that period of time, I was also obviously building my property portfolio. So um, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes in my early investing. I'm sure we'll come back to that, but lost a lot of money and time early on chasing all the shiny objects and baubles and got to the point where I just made a, a conscious decision to say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on my business, generate profits from my business, reinvest. Invest those profits into real estate, and that's what I did, and was doing that successfully for a number of years. Got to the point where I sold my health and wellness businesses, and sort of sat on a beach and played a lot of golf, and got to the point where well, what do I do now, sort of stuff, and um, you know, started helping friends and family build multi-million dollar portfolios, and got probably as much, if not more, emotional reward helping them get those sorts of results, and you know, move from that, you know, indecision and doubt and fear, and you know, what am I doing on the planet, sort of stuff. Um, so was working on that. And then met Luke and his story was pretty similar.
0: So you're a chiropractor?
2: Definitely not. No, No, my background uh, in Perth was in the electronic security industry. I couldn't stand high school, so I dropped out of that and did uh, electronic security, running cables in the roof in 45 degree temperature. And uh, very quickly after that, started my own business at 19. um, Bought my first property at 20 and then started building a property portfolio during my 20s. Uh, 23, moved to Sydney for a year, lived in Five Dock Uh, after... uh, the banks told me I couldn't get a loan, couldn't get a loan and, uh, had to go and get a PAYG job. So I sold the business in WA, moved to Sydney. And, uh, after I had my PAYG job, the banks gave me money. So my staff could get a loan, but I couldn't. So that was always a, uh, a strange thing for me. And, uh, very quickly they offered me a position down in Melbourne to, uh, open up their new branch office. Of oh, what? Uh, oh. their security company, the, right. the, the job that I took here in Melbourne in, uh, in Sydney and, um. Through that time, built my property portfolio, did renovations and subdivisions. Like a lot of property investors go out there and they, they start looking at magazines and newspapers and whatever they can to try and find out where's the next hotspot, where's the best place to invest. So I did renovations and subdivisions and unit developments and bought off the plan and bought in mining towns and did what a lot of people do and changed my strategy week to week based on what I thought was the next big thing. And uh, after that, I had a uh, second business in Melbourne at 25, uh, started a second security company, which I swore I'd never do it ag- again. Did that for another five years and turned 30 and sold the business and took 18 months off. I had uh, sold a couple of properties, sold the business, went traveling, went to Europe. And uh, after that, I, I met Matt. And, but uh, how'd you guys meet? Well, we're both in
1: the same circle. So it's not it's property investment space. It's not a massive thing. It's pretty niche, actually. So we keep bumping into each other and we just got to talking. And as I said, we found out that we we're pretty much on parallel paths because at that stage, Luke had, again, sold the business and retired, similar to what I'd done. Um, he was helping friends and family. And we sort of looked at it and we said, well, we're both doing the same sort of thing. Why don't we, what What would it take to make this work as a business? And that was probably really the first decision that we made to to make the property mentors what it is today. And that is deconstruct the whole industry. Because in the space there's lots of sharks, there's lots of cowboys, there's lots of you know misinformation, ill advice, there's lots of, you know, companies out there that are really probably more interested in their own profits than they are in you as the investor making any money. So we sort of sat back and said, okay, what what's good about the industry, what's bad about the industry? And then we just literally sat down and rebuilt the business from the ground up to say, if we were investing again from the start, having learned everything we've learned over the last 20 odd years of investing, what would we do differently and what would we want to have as that level of support? And so the first thing obviously with the name was The Property Mentors and similar to obviously your podcast name, The Mentor to us has a, a real significance and a real meaning in that we're not just there to you know teach somebody you know how to go and buy one property. What we're really looking to do as mentors is to work with them long-term over their life journey and really help them change their life.
0: Okay, so well, tell me how the business runs it. I mean, I understand what's motivating you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the two of you sound like you just jumped off the cross. Um I reckon there's got to be some sort of commercial sort of benefit out of all this for you, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And and there's got to be a chink in your armour. You can't be that uh, uh, you can't be that good of guys. Absolutely, yeah. local- but, 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 but but I'm not I'm not here to pull you apart. But I just it sounds too good to me. Um, mm-hmm. because property is property, and you have got to make a quid. And business is business. You have got to make a quid out of it. Absolutely, yeah. um, we don't we don't and, hide that fact ever. I mean, that's what I want to find out. Ha, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, what is your business model? So, what yeah. do you do? Ha, so I got it right now. And That's your Matt and your Luke. So Matt, you tell me, uh, what is the business model? And uh, you know, like, how, how does the business model work? So uh, do yep. I sign up? Yep. Or yep. so
1: the business model works like this. There's three levels that we believe are key to success in the property investment space. Yeah. The first one is you've got to have the right education. So for us, we spend a lot of time educating our members through a variety of different means, both online and offline. Um, so I think this year we've got something like 37 live events that we're running around the country to help to educate investors as to, I guess, what knowledge do you actually need to, to be able to take the confident steps to move forward? So education is one component.
0: Could, could you just, can I just yep. look at education for a second? Yep. A second? So, sorry, you said members. Maybe yep. just take me back one step. Okay. So How does someone become a member? Okay. How do you- so to
1: become a member with us, There's uh, basically we're going to work together. There's a commitment from both sides. So again, there's a commercial reality to all business. We're here to make money um, yeah. so that the business can keep doing the things that it does. Ultimately, our philosophy in businesses, it always has to be a win-win. So whether we're dealing with our members, whether we're dealing with our referral partners, whether we're dealing with developers, whatever it is, we want to have a, create a win-win and the business is obviously going to get a win as, uh, as well. So there's a membership fee. So you can join us for a year, you can join us for two years, or you can join us for five years. And obviously there's a uh, a reduction in price. The longer you make a commitment to us, the the, the less expensive it becomes to to become a member. So,
0: so you become a member. Yep. And so like when you become yep. a member of a club or yep. something like that. There's there's a reason why I do it. Yeah. What what what's what do you, what's the benefits of becoming a member? What, so yeah. what are you telling everyone?
1: And that's the second and the third component of what we do. Right. So once you become a member, you get assigned a mentor. So in our business, mentors are experienced property investors. So the right. people that have already gone out de- delivered on a level of success that <clears> you know they're. Uh, able to share that knowledge and that experience with our with our members on a one on one basis. So effectively, the the mentor is there to help, to guide, support, and direct through the education processes. Because not everyone's going to need the same level of education. Mm. One of the things we really were clear on when we set the business up is we didn't want to have a cookie cutter approach. It's not one size fits all. It's not like everyone buys an off the plan apartment, or everyone goes and mm. does a renovation for profit, or everyone goes and does a small scale subdivision. That's not the model we have. It's a very individually tailored business so i sign up i
0: become you you allocate me a mentor
1: yep so the very first thing a mentor is going to ask you is a bunch of questions so mark what do you want to achieve in your life yeah you know what have you achieved to date what's uh, what sort of gaps do you have in your knowledge base what sort of gaps do you have in your networks what sort of gaps do you have in your ability to go out and continue to? is that
0: all online or how's that done
1: Um, look online is only a very small component of our business most of it's done uh either over the phone or yeah. face-to-face. Right. So we do have clients all around Australia. So I'd say probably it's probably an 80%, 20% split. So 80% over the phone, 20% face-to-face um, over the, the course of mm. the journey that, mm. that we commit to together.
0: Right. So I my mentor then gathers all that information on me and then, then what does he do? Or it's, she
1: So what we'll then do is we'll look at okay, if this is the target that you've set for yourself, so you've got a plan for, you know, the next one, two, five years that you want to work towards, our job then is to bring opportunities that will allow you to achieve those targets. And we have a bit of a, a bit of a catchphrase and this we ask a question, can we do it safer? Can we do it faster and can we do it more predictably together? than you going out and trying to learn it all or do it all on your own.
0: So you then tape me and you sort of work out what the gaps in my knowledge are? Yep. And then what do you do? Hold a… Do you hold a seminar, or so
1: we've got got a number of resources, both online and offline, that we can guide you through. So the mentor might say, "Okay, look, Mark, you need to know a little bit more about depreciation." So we might send you to a module that you know basically outlines all the stuff you need to know about quantity surveying and depreciation Mm. schedules and all of that sort of stuff. Or Mm. it might be that you actually need to get a borrowing capacity done. So it might be a referral off to a mortgage broker, Mm. or it might be that you're interested potentially in using utilizing your super at at a higher level, and you might want to set up a self managed super fund. Now, again, we don't do that, but we'll refer potentially to people who have the skills and knowledge base to be able to, you know, instruct and guide you on, yep. in, that, in that area.
0: Okay, cool. So uh, you, that's, the, that's your education program. Did, Did you, just, you say you have a hundred and something um, programs? Or something? I can't remember no, what you said there.
1: Not a hundred programs. We've got a whole range of different, uh, both online and offline things that we can do. And part of it's just, sometimes it's just having a chat. It's just yeah. saying, okay tell us about what you're trying to achieve. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as saying, well, had you thought about this, or if you did this a different way, could you see that you could get a bit better or a different result doing it that way? So it's not all about just, you know, sending you a book or a pamphlet. I think there's too much information out there in the, in the marketplace, to be honest. It's not, you know, people don't need more information. What they need is they need analysis of that information or they need the information. And then it needs to be tied back into their actual plan. What are you actually trying to achieve? And in our recent book, Let's Get Real, we really speak about one of the biggest challenges we see for most investors is that they don't have a plan. They're not treating it like a business. Mm. And that was the big decision we made. Like As I said, we're just we're basically doing it as a hobby. And we said, no, let's treat it like a business. And as a business, what are the what are the things we need to do in order to make the business work?
0: Yeah. So uh, I, I better ask Luke a question. He's, 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 he's getting anxious here. He hasn't said anything. So uh, uh, I want to come back to the concept of um, um, your clients um, being in the business of property investing as opposed to being property investors. I'll come back to that. Um How much do I, let's say, and I'm not trying to do an ad here for you guys, but how much do I pay if I, is it different levels of membership or one level membership? Do I pay 20 bucks a month, a thousand bucks a month? What is it? The membership
2: really is a, either the time commitment, so whether it's a one year or a two year or a five year membership. Well, let's say I sign up one year. So, so one year might be four thousand dollars a year. Yep. Um, which gives you access to the education, the opportunities that we provide, and obviously the one on one mentoring.
0: So, one. Um, so, the one on one mentor. Do I get like a? I mean, I mean, obviously, let's say I, I'm one of those people who is really annoying, and um, I ring and I and I want to talk to someone like every day. Yep. I mean, clearly the mentor is only going to be he or she's only going to be available for. Is it like two hours a month or five hours a month? Or
2: we don't deliberately set a, a set time on that. Well, do you uh, control these annoying controller. bastards. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have many of them, surprisingly. Uh, um, the the reason we've set the, the whole model up is that it's a win win. So if somebody does need a bit of extra attention or love, it's mm. uh, it's because there's a gap somewhere that they need f- to to be filled. Um, and we've got a lot of the education resources, which might be an online webinar, or it might be a an ebook or something similar that we can actually send them to fill that gap. So um, it all comes back to what they're trying to achieve, filling in the the gaps in between. That a lot of the, I guess, work is done by external parties. So it's done by a mortgage broker, or it's done by the financial planner, or the accountant. Even a lot of people haven't done their tax returns for three or four years. Yeah. So it's a lot of the the filling in the gaps between where they're at and where they want to get to. And
0: how do you how do you source the uh, the people who do the mentoring? Like, is is that like? Is it peer to peer, or is it uh, you go you you select these people and you train them and accredit them and yeah, all that sort so- of stuff?
1: pretty much the latter and we're actually actively recruiting at the moment because part of our, our business growth strategy is to actually find good people um, possibly similar to what you might have done with the wizard we're looking for those people that are going to come in as independent business operators um, not as employees um, so that they've got that vested interest in helping the whole business to grow um, as well as obviously having their own vested interest to you know to, to, to build a business for themselves and so it's
2: the long-term approach to that as well if you've got an employee mindset you might do it for 6-12 months and then go back to selling used cars again mm. uh, or we whatever industry you're in but um the the model is really set up around having people building their mentor base so that they can help people long term and they're also helping themselves
0: long so the, these guys are like real estate advisors sort of it, it,
1: it's an interesting space because you obviously you got your real estate agents Luke's a fully yeah. licensed estate agent I'm a, an agent's rep um so you've got that level of licensure but obviously we're not in the financial planning space and we're not offering advice as such, but what we are doing is helping to guide people through the, the myriad of decisions. that so you're not
0: telling them, go and buy that property there? No. no. What
1: we're saying is that-
0: They're giving the stuff they need to do to Correct. make out so what we, probably want to buy.
1: It's the, it's the whole argument. Like we go to a barbecue. The first question is, what do you do? And we say, well, we help people make bucket loads of money in the property investment space. And the first question usually is, all right, so where should I be buying? And we don't answer that question. What we'll say is, well, what are you buying for? Are you buying for mm-hmm. capital growth, short term, long term? You're buying for cash flow? W- what is it you're actually trying to achieve from the investment? That stops most people because they've never actually thought about it. Mm. And so for us, it's really about creating the plan first and foremost, providing the level of education and support along the journey. And then the other part, which is the third component, which we haven't discussed yet, is our bulk buying platform. So as a members only platform, much like a club, there's going to be benefits to, to joining, or mm. as American specialists, you know. Membership has its rewards. And same with us. We've got the opportunity because we can often go out and negotiate in bulk or being developers ourselves, we can often bring properties to our members that they wouldn't get access to otherwise. So there's always got to be that win-win advantage to to any property that we may source or uh, recommend through either our own development opportunities or through third-party developers um, for our members to get a a significant advantage to move forward, as long as it fits their plan though. So we don't just go and say, you need to buy this property and they go, okay, and sign, sign on the dotted line, press real hard. It's really saying, here's a property that will fit potentially your strategy. Have a look at it. You tell us whether you can see why we've recommended this particular opportunity to you based on everything that we've discussed previously. So you do
0: recommend real estate to them? Because there's a big issue at the moment, as you know. ASIC doesn't like this. No. Um, you guys aren't subject to ASIC. No. Um, you're not licensed by ASIC. You don't hold an AFSL license or a credit license, anything like that, I guess. And that's what um, I was saying earlier. We sit in a sort of a grey zone yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. between the real estate space and
1: the financial planning space. Yeah, and unfortunately,
0: though, there are other people who take advantage of that grey space. Absolutely. How do you deal with that?
1: Well, we call them sharks and cowboys. Yeah. Um, And the only way you can deal with it really, and I guess – Things are probably a little bit better these days with social media because in the world of social media or pre-social media, so back when I was running my first businesses, you know, social media and World Wide Web was just starting out. So you know, businesses could get away with doing things that weren't ethical or were on the wrong side of the you know the dodgy line, um, and people may not have ever heard about it, and they just keep you know churning victims through. I mean, you probably remember the days of you know flying up the Gold Coast, buy an overpriced Gold Coast apartment, and you know, <laughs> you know never see them again. Our model is very different because a we're not churn and burn. B, we're long term. C, we're we're not going to tell you to buy something. We're going to. But
0: how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah. I understand. I, I'm not suggesting you're doing any of those things, but yeah. how do you how do you differenti, differentiate yourself to the market, or do you don't have to worry about it because it's just your market is fine? They, they're all good.
1: It's a tough question to answer. I don't know if you want to jump. Yeah, look, on I think
2: this. I think the main thing is that that our approach is a lot slower <coughs> than most companies, and it's been a deliberate deliberate move from Matt and myself to actually go through an education journey with people first so that they understand, first of all, what they're trying to achieve through their investing, because what we do is quite labor intensive. We'd spend a lot of time with people to actually get them to the stage where they're actually ready to invest. Mm. So we have people come into a model that they either their first time investors, they haven't done anything before they've seen what's out there or they, a lot of people haven't seen what's out there. And we've been through that process ourselves where we've been to, to seminars and they're trying to flog a property for the first 10 people that run to the back of the room, mm. they get a $10,000 discount. Mm. Um so it's we've, all bullshit. We've, we've We've seen it all before. And so our approach is that we know that a lot of our clients are going to these types of events. So when they come to our event, there's nothing for them to buy. So every time we've got a, an education event around the country, um, there's actually nothing for them to buy on the day, they might be able to buy lunch at the Mm. hotel, uh, but that's about it. So Mm. there's no $20,000 DVD course they can buy. Mm. Um, so really our, our approach is that they come along to, an online webinar, which they can watch for free in their lounge room for 90 minutes on their own. Then they can come to an event that we might run for 50 bucks that they can come and it really just covers some of the costs of running the event. Um, and there's no selling. And the the main event that we run is our mentor masterclass, which is a two-day education weekend event in Melbourne. And um, that's an event that people pay to come to. But again, they come for the education for the whole weekend and there's nothing for them to buy.
0: So how do you you, – I get that. So like, That's good. So like – but are you – you mentioned your developers, Matt. You, You mentioned you guys do some developing yourself, which, you know, of course you would because you see opportunities and that's your game. Yeah. How do you like? If I go to a mental class, I mean, because I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm the wrong person to be looking because I've been around so bloody long now, and I've seen every every real estate deal that there's ever been offered. Um, and and, I, and sometimes I just I just hate it. Um, and and I'm glad to hear you don't have anything at the back of the room for sale because which basically what we should be telling everyone here is that a lot of these seminars, not yours, because you just said that's not the case. But you go to the seminars and they say to everybody, look, if for the first 100 people or first 50 people go to the back of the room now, uh, we're going to reduce our uh, pricing by 50% or something like that. Yeah. Yep. It's just all bullshit. Yep. And then and I, I look at these poor buggers who go down the back of the room and ju- the reason they do it is because they're just desperate. Yep. They Because go, they've got no idea and they get stung for 5000 or something. And
1: we've been through it. like we're As investors ourselves, we started off, like all investors do, with no knowledge. Yeah. And so one of the first things you've got to do as an investor is you've got to start to build your education base. Yeah, and yeah. Both Luke and I have been to all of those events. We've been there for, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've... I've Anyone who's run an event on property or I've been to it, I've seen it, I know what happens. I know what you get when you buy one of these things at the back of the room because I've, you know, I've been the poor sucker that's run to the back of the room and bought the You've you know, the DVD, DVD the DVD course. I've, I've still got tapes. That's how old I am. So, um, you know, I've we've been through that process. And I guess that if I can read through maybe your question, it's about vested interest. And one of the things we or always, conflict. Yeah, conflict of interest, vested interest. But here's the thing that we say. We're up front, right up front. We say, we are developers. We are making money in the property space. Yes, the business makes money as well. And we disclose all of our fees and everything we do. My question to you would be this is, and again, maybe you're not the right person for our model, which is fine because we don't work with everyone anyway. But in your case, it would be, well, what if- it was flipped the other way. What if you were doing a property development and we had the opportunity to come and do it with you? Wouldn't I want to know how you're invested in that and what sort of returns you're expecting to make for yourself from that? So for us, it, there is, we, we, we avoid the conflict by just basically disclosing everything and saying, here's what we're doing. If you want to come along and be a part of it, fantastic. If you don't, that's okay too because mm. we're going to be doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's about sharing, so the way you, sharing it. Okay. So the than, way
0: you deal with this, but with, with with, so the way you deal with the perceived issue of conflict or the perceived issue of an agenda um, which has been, unfortunately, has been put out there by a lot of the shonks out there in the marketplace, in the property in particular. Absolutely. Um, is that you 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 deal with it, you deal with it by upfront disclosure?
1: Absolutely, and and, and by sharing why you would want to do it anyway. Like at the end of the day, we might say to you, okay, we're developing this opportunity. If you'd like to de- co develop it with us, you put in an X amount of money. These are the returns that we're projecting, mm. and this is the result we expect to achieve. Now, at the end of the day, you may say, yep, that fits my plan, and I want to move forward with that, and I want to you know I want to invest with you guys. Mm. Um, or the alternative is you go out and do it all on your own. Yeah, okay, got it.
0: Yeah. I got it. You don't need to get. Don't worry, I'm not. Here accusing you. You don't need to get to too, too. – but I'm just, the point being here is you deal with the pers- – because, you know, we got audiences here listening to all sorts of podcasts here. Absolutely. And, and I think what the audience needs to hear is that where there is a perceived concept – a perceived conflict of interest or a perceived uh, agenda in any sort of business, whether it's this business or anything else for that matter, um, it's just a matter of disclosing. After the break, we'll come back, and I want to talk to you about – some of the dud decisions you made when it comes to property what did you learn from that and uh, i want to talk to you about this concept of pooled resources buying or members buying property where members couldn't ordinarily buy it by themselves Okay, we're back now from the break and I, I just want to talk to uh, Matt and Luke about a couple of things we know I, I got their business model and I sort of sort of understand it. there are some some interesting uh, differences or uniquenesses with their proposition and one of them is around this concept of uh it's called bulk buying it's probably not bulk buying um, it's sort of bulking up all your members to to buy I mean how does that all work I mean where, and where did the idea come from and how did you
2: come up with that Look, the, the idea really came from Matt and I actually sitting down before we started the business, and as Matt mentioned earlier, is we split out the whole property investment space. We looked at all of the experiences we'd been through, what, what events we'd been to, what we'd learned, what the local real estate agent tells you, what your mortgage broker tells you, and really stripped apart what's good and what's bad about property investing in the marketplace. And through that, we actually realized that there's a whole bunch of stuff that's really bad probably 80% of what we saw out there was really bad. And as Matt mentioned, and we've put it in our book, let's get real, um, sharks and cowboys, right? The sharks are out there circling around for anybody that doesn't know what they're doing so they can pounce on them and get a, get a quick sale. Um, the cowboys are out there. They're quite blatant in the fact that they're out there to make a quick buck. Uh, and most of the time these people are not property investors. So our business is really established on the fact that we're long-term property investors ourselves. And if you want to become a long-term property investor, it's not something that you're going to go in and make a quick buck overnight.
0: And- but tell me, tell me know yeah. But, but Luke, you know, mate, I get all that. Maybe, but look, let's get to this point. Why, why would uh, Huey over there, who might only have. He's probably got heaps of dough, but uh, but, <laughs> but let's say Hughie's younger brother might only have five thousand bucks. Is that? Is that how it works? Like I got five thousand, I can't afford to buy property, mate. Yeah, look yeah. exactly. How, how, if I'm a member, how yeah, how does that help me?
2: We're basically we. we if you've got five thousand dollars, you've still probably got some goals that you want to achieve. Yeah. At some point in your life, now you might be ready to invest in property right now. But you've got some goals that you want to achieve. So if you've got, let's say we've got a 19-year-old that comes into the business, he's got $5,000 saved up. We might actually work with that person before they even become a member because they won't be able to justify the the, membership, the membership fee. So we might work with them for six, 12 months to help them on a savings plan to get ready to get their first investment property. So one of the first conversations might be to have a conversation with the mortgage broker to say, what do you need with your income and what sort of deposit are you going to need to get your borrowing capacity up to buy a property? And it might be something that they might buy an investment property first and rent vest for a little while, um, but it really comes down to helping that person understand that investing is a long term thing. You got five thousand dollars doesn't mean you need to throw it into the first thing that comes out there. And getting a plan together where you might need to save twenty or thirty thousand. It might be going to the bank of mum and dad and helping to get a, a loan from them to get into your first property.
0: Okay, okay, I got all that. But, but how 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 do you how do you um club people together to buy property. That's, I want to know that.
2: All right. So the the,
1: the, the basic premise for that was because we were both investing in our own right, we'd both built portfolios and we are both doing our own thing Individual. Individually. Yeah. When we came together, we did so also for the fact that we could do more investing together.
0: So Clubbing it. Clubbing it. But so, club it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not
1: clubbing it to death, but yeah. like not the baby seals out there. Um, no, the, the, the whole idea is that there's certain opportunities that are available to individual investors. And as you quite rightly pointed out, One of the hardest things is for younger people to get into the market. It's not necessarily affordability issue. It's more of an accessibility issue. So saving up for the deposits and the stamp duties and the legal costs and all the the bits and pieces. And then even if you can do all of that, how do you know you're making the right decision? Because that's what stops a lot of people, keeps them on the sidelines, is that they just have that doubt. They have that fear. They don't have the knowledge base. They don't have the experience yet to be able to make a confident decision. So for us, it's really about saying, look... We're in your corner.
0: We're here to help you. And, and how does a clubbing work? Can someone yeah. tell me how this club yeah. work? I want to know. Yeah. So, Give me an example. All right.
1: Well, again, it's not as basic as that. It's going to say, Mark, what do you want to achieve? Part of your goal might be that you want to build your cash flow or your income base. So we might put together a, a strategy around that where, for example, we might have a, a property that's in our uh, in one of our, our trusts or one of our uh, wholesale property trusts, which is something we create. And you might say, well, rather than me going and buying a whole property on my own and taking on all the debt yep, on my own, yep. what I might do is I might put in $50,000 towards yep. the trust and the trust will go out and buy property. The trust will go out and do the borrowing. Okay, so you
0: yeah. unitize it. Yeah, so, so, so you We've got you, different structures. Okay, yep. but you unitize it, whether it's a trust or a company. It doesn't yep. really matter to me. I don't care. Or a partnership is irrelevant with the legal structures. Yep. But you yep. get a number of people together mm. who have fifty thousand dollars each. Yep. They invest in something. Yeah. Not the property, but something. Yeah. And they that something then goes and buys the property. Now and that's one option. Okay, that, yep. that doesn't matter. I don't. We don't need to go through all the yep. structures, but. Yep. What you're saying here is you're making property accessible for those people who would not ordinarily ordinarily have enough deposit or ordinarily not have enough income to justify the borrowing etc. Correct. Yep. Correct. All right. So by, by i might have given you the wrong example yeah. uh, before, Luke, I said five thousand. You're yeah. probably thinking people with slightly more money because five thousand probably you're right, is someone who can't even afford to be a member. Yeah. Um you know, in, in real terms. But and I understand with the five thousand dollar what, what you said about helping the $5,000 person out. You've got to help them save their money. You've got to help them do all the sorts of things and get them attuned to what, they've got to, what they're got, what getting themselves in for. Absolutely. But what, what Matt's ta- Matt just mentioned to me there is this process of clubbing. Cl- uh, in other words, a club of people who are members have an opportunity through your business to go and buy a property that might be either already been acquired by the trust or the entity mm-hmm. that yes, you guys absolutely. currently control. Yep. They they can actually have access to the to that property, the growth and the the income income that comes out of the property yep. over time yep.
2: without yep. without even having any personal borrowings. Right. So and, there's people that are in their uh, younger years they they haven't got the income to support yep. a loan.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, or there's people that have either received an inheritance they they can't borrow, uh, or they might be in their sixties and they can't get a loan anymore. Yeah. There's, there's a number so. of
0: constraints these days, particularly these days, about borrowing money. Absolutely, it's getting worse. So. And in that case, um, you guys organize, or you guys, I'm going to say, your your business organizes all the borrowing and et cetera into the entity that owns the property in which these individuals invest. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. I get that. that that's, that's a big advantage for people who don't want to borrow, who can't borrow, um, who don't really understand what to buy, where to buy, or how to manage it. Correct. Do you guys manage it, I presume, you collect the rents and pay yeah. the interest yeah. and- yeah, pay a f- dividend. It's fully passive vehicle. Yeah, it's a, it's a pa- yeah. it's a passive. It's a bit like a. It's a bit like you know. Some people can invest these days. You can go invest in listed public companies too, like right. that, if you want to. Absolutely. Just that so they're you're uh-huh. a little bit more remote from the properties that they buy because in in your case, you could probably say to these individuals, listen, the properties in so and so at Street in Brisbane, yeah. in Eagle Farm, and um, go, past it. go and have a look. Yeah. You own. One hundredth or something, oh, 10%, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, yeah, 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 okay, absolutely. cool. So that's good. So, do you have to, um, and do you have a legal obligations around like, do you have to put out prospectuses or?
1: So, in that particular example, yep. the Wholesale Property Trust, yep. we only do uh, one of those a year. Um, yep. It's a small-scale private offering, so it sits uh, within the legislation of small-scale private uh, offerings under ASIC. Yes, um, you don't a prospectus. Yes, it means no, exempt. No, no less. Oh, sorry. You've got to have less than 20 investors. Yep. You can't raise more than $2 million. Um, you know, so we, You're so exempt. We, yeah, 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 yeah. We follow all the rules. Yeah, um, yeah. We don't necessarily, in that case, need to provide a product disclosure statement, but what we do do is provide what's called an information memorandum, yep. which is, I, Yeah, which is a, and a and really am, yeah. thick document with everything disclosed. It's close to prospectus, but you're not on the hook. Correct.
0: Uh, uh, but, yeah, I understand that. So that, we're probably getting a bit technical for our audience now but I understand. But So what you're doing is you're complying with the rules around raising money. What it looks like you're doing is raising money to buy property for the people oh. you're raising money from. Correct. Okay. I get it. So that, that makes sense. That's. Uh, can I ask you a question? Like, sure. Have you ever made some really shit Property investments. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, I absolutely have. Um, I know Luke's probably got a bit of a better claim to fame, and he hasn't actually lost money on property. Whereas, you know, I, I definitely have. And again, early on in my my days, I sort of, I guess, jumped from thing to thing, and I guess was led by charismatic. Salespeople up on stage, you know, they said, "Oh, this is fantastic! Can't afford to miss." These are all the returns, and you get swept up in the euphoria, and again, the run to the back of the room. So, yeah, I've made some.
0: That's interesting because yeah. you know you're an educated person, a chiropractor. Yeah. Um, you're not as if you're from the bush or something. You're from, you know, you're from uh, Sydney. From Sydney, yeah. So of- it's not as if, yeah, it's not as if you're like you know, you know, being sort of, you know, milking cows and coming to the big smoke and uh, got swept uh-huh. up by all the smarties. Uh, you come from the Sydney, which is a smarty place. Um and you're well-educated, and you had a career. Yeah. And uh, so it, this can happen to anybody.
1: <laughs> the, the thing about this is there's different levels of education. So I've actually got three university degrees, but none of them showed me how to make money in property. Mm. And so when I started making some money in my businesses, for me, I thought the logical thing to do was to invest because I wanted to, you know, obviously start to make some money and have a better lifestyle and, you know, really secure my financial f- future. So that was, you know, the, the mindset behind it. And, you know, all honourable, but I didn't have any real education in the actual space, the niche that you know, I was actually going off and trying to invest in. And I got to the point where I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars over a number of years. Um, luckily, my business was generating good profits and you know, my lifestyle didn't suffer overly as a result of that. But I got to a point where I literally said to myself, I said, Matt, you consider yourself to be an intelligent, educated person, but your results aren't matching up with what you want to achieve. Why not? And I needed, needed to sit down and literally slap myself and say, it's because I'm not educated in these markets and I need to make that commitment. And I made a massive commitment to myself and to my future. I've spent probably over the last 20 years, I would have spent over a quarter of a million dollars on courses and trainings and mentoring and all of those things to get to the point where I'm at today, where I can actually share that knowledge base and share that experience with
0: others. Why, why do Australians have such a love affair with property? Everyone loves going to Bunnings. <laughs> that's how I put it down to. Everybody that's loves true. loves driving
2: past a property, and everybody knows somebody that's made money in property in Australia. Well, they somebody, think they know somebody. They, they, they think they do, and I think, as Matt said, the going to a barbecue. Everybody loves talking about property. Mm. They watch TV shows like The Block, and they love renovation rescue, and they love going to Bunnings and painting the house and all the landscaping. I think we've we've had that. Love affair with property for a very long time, but I is it
0: fundamentals or is it uh, some sort of love affair? Like love affairs usually aren't about fundamentals. Well, it's the I,
2: emotional attachment to property. Obviously.
0: What is it? What um, do you reckon it is?
1: Well, it's... I think it comes down to a couple of things. Like number one, they say to survive, we need food, we need water, and we need shelter, uh-huh. uh, and obviously you know air to breathe. But ultimately, shelter is, in my opinion, it's a necessity. And so, whilst you know, there are obviously luxury properties out there. Having a property is not necessarily a luxury. Um, although these days, obviously, the younger generations might argue that you know getting into the property market is excessively difficult. Um, one of the reasons why we're actually doing some work with some not-for-profits and some um, some government organisations, trying to basically, because there's been a couple of initiatives in affordable housing. Um, none of them have really got to the heart of the matter. It's um,
0: not going affordable housing, though. Yeah. my audience is going to go to sleep. Yeah. So that's fine. I'm saying. But let's let's talk about the love affair. Yeah. All right. So the emotional piece here. Yeah. I mean, because it's not a necessarily because you just you've said it. Both of you said it. Mm. Most investors have got no idea. Mm. So it's, they're not doing this for fundamental reasons.
1: Well, we need to sep- split out and separate the two different types of people buying property. There's property owners who are buying it largely for the emotional decisions of its closest. They're the ones I want to talk about. Yeah, well, why
0: the, are they doing it? What are, where does this love close, affair come it's from? it's
1: close to the shops, it's close to the schools, it's close to their parents, it's close to the hospitals. It's convenient for them to live there and they're willing to pay if a they premium just want to invite, for
0: it. What about if they just want to make an investment? Why? why what's this love affair about investing but in property? They're
1: not investing then. If they're buying for emotional reasons, they're not investors.
0: But what is emotional reason?
1: The emotional reason is that, well, there's a couple. It could be security. So I've yep. got somewhere that I can, you know, have a roof. I don't need to get kicked out. The landlord's not going to kick me out in 12 months. So I can paint a wall if I want So
0: is it an insecurity?
1: Well, I think it's more of a security than an insecurity. They they want to feel that security of knowing that this is their little piece of of terra firma, and you know, it's theirs, and they can paint it any color they want, and they can add a second story if they want to, or put a pool out the back, or do all the things that they want to do with it. But to me, that's not investing. That's that's buying a property for the purposes. Yeah, of having, I understand that, but ha- I just having security. I,
0: I get the matter. I just wanted to know, though. I mean, you guys are in the game. But I mean, I've often wondered it myself. What is it? What is the emotional? Attachment to buying property as an investment when you don't know the fundamentals, which is the very reason what you guys have set your business up because these people don't know the fundamentals. I just want to know if you actually have some strong views on it. What, why, why? I mean, why do people? But, but why do people go to these seminars?
1: Okay, because we need to separate. And I think
0: no, 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 no. We don't need to separate. I don't want to talk about people who already are, are, are buying houses because they want to live in it. I don't want to talk about people who are actually good investors. I'm just talking about these people who turn up these seminars. I'm, try, I'm trying to work out. What is it that these sharks and cowboys know that I don't know?
2: I think, I had, you jump in, yeah, I off. think I think the main thing is when people are people have seen the property market doing really well. It's been on the front of the newspaper. It's a FOMO. Fear of missing out. Exactly. And it is a lot of the fear of missing out. And if is you're it in, the media? It, the media has a lot to do with Is it. Is it the block? I think the block may have something to do no, with I'm it. No, I'm serious. I, I, would, I, would I would say, say it's, it's a strong influence. To do. Yeah, the, yeah. the newspapers and the TV, because it's something that people love talking about. People love talking about the fact that single mom with two kids made $200,000 profit on her property. Yeah. And they think, well, I can do that too. The receptionist at work just bought an investment property. I can do that too, and so people are out there going out there and investing in property because they think that it's property. Property is always going to go up
0: because the media blames you guys, right? But I wonder whether it's actually the, not you guys but your industry. I wonder whether it's the media that should be the blame. Well, I think because I mean, if they didn't talk about it, nobody would know about it. I mean, if yeah. I mean, I mean, you might find about it, hear about it at a barbecue, but you know, we hear about lots of things at barbecues, and someone also made money, a whole lot of money on an app or a, yeah. or an internet <laughs> thing, so
2: or bitcoin and, and we've got those called bitcoin as well. <laughs> or
0: bitcoin yeah exactly exactly the, are they the same people Look, chasing Bitcoin because I get people ask topics. me about it yeah, the if, hot topics if, if, is your,
1: the... if your question's about the emotions there's really yeah. in my view there's a couple there's the aspirational emotions so I want a better lifestyle I want to be able to afford to have the the dream home or the holidays or the cars or the you know the, eat the smashed avocado every, every morning for breakfast if I want to there's that aspiration live so the dream live the dream and then there's the other part which is pr- probably a bit more practical and it's that security I just want to make sure that I've got enough assets in my portfolio so that over the longer journey of my life I know that when I choose to stop working or, you know, get to the point where work becomes a choice, then I've got some financial security behind me. For a lot of people, that's an, a massive emotional driver. Um, so really there's the aspiration and then there's the, probably the fear of not having that, you know, financial security. As opposed
0: enough. to the security doing. So, yeah. so you're saying, because that's what my point is. Yeah. I think what it is is that uh, people just want to get there quick and uh, don't want to put the effort in, and they think that's a quick way to make it a whole lot of dough and, eat and smash the smashed avocado with eggs, as you just said. I think, because I'd that's probably, my I'd probably
1: experience. recommend don't do property then. No, no that,
0: that's but I know no, I understand that, but that, yeah. that's my experience because I mean I've been in financial services for a long time, with lend yeah. money to people to buy property, yeah. and you know after thirty years of doing this, that's what people tend to think property is: yeah. quick way to the top because they saw someone else down the road has done well. Yeah. That's one. The second one, I agree with you. It's not so much I'm ma- they're making a positive decision about building a secure future. There are people who do that, but they're more clever people. I'm talking about the people who are insecure, thinking, shit, I can't be paying rent for the rest of my life. I'm sick of getting booted out at the end of six months with my rent going up. I I, I better go and get a property. It's like a panic thing. I, I need to get p- property. And there's a, so many poor buggers around who are in either one of those two categories. Yep. And they're what I call the sort of they're uneducated which is why this, this sort of business is important because if you can reach out to them and get to these people, and I'm sure that some of them are your clients as well as your more fundamental investors are your clients as well who, who recognize, yes, I'm going to go get good quality education so that I can make good quality decisions and build a good quality portfolio. Real investors mm-hmm. yep. going about it in a real good fundamental way mm-hmm. and then there's these other people who are going to invest but they're going to make a mistake. be great if you can get to those as well And maybe you can educate, you might even educate them out of investing in property. We've done that. Yeah, because and, and that, that, that's a good thing hmm. because they might not be the right people because they might be, oh shit, hang on, the fundamentals is, I mean I shouldn't be investing in this. Correct.
1: And it m- might mean it might be, like property's a big market. So the Australian property market's not one market. Mm. It's made up of different states, different suburbs, different properties within those suburbs. So realistically, whilst some people might say, well, the Sydney market now seems to be cooling and that's what will be in the media. So if we want to blame the media, I'll blame the media for being too generic. Um, that's that's my claim to fame for them. They're, they're just way too generic in the data and the information and even the analysis Sort of that information that comes out, they're looking for the emotional stuff, the headlines, the correct. You know, so absolutely,
0: they've got. It's a not their job to analyze, anyway. Correct. Well, it's they've your got a, job,
1: they've got a role to play yeah. in 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 the situation as it stands. But ultimately, it all comes back fundamentally to why are you investing in anything, whether it's property or Bitcoin or shares or businesses. Why are you investing?
0: What in are the, are the first fundamentals place? of it?
1: Why are you doing it in the first place? And not even just the fundamentals. That's, that can come later. It's really you as the investor.
0: Why did you choose what, that asset class?
1: Well, why you? Why do you want to invest at all? Well, what, what's the purpose of investing? Hmm. You know, like what's ha- the outcome? How's that your you're life going to change? What, what's going to actually happen? Getting connected to that emotional reason because we all get out of bed every day. We get up and we do stuff. The question is, why? Hmm. Are we just going through the motions, or are we actually actively looking to make our life better, change the world, you know, leave a legacy, just raise good kids? Whatever. That's a whole new podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> we could talk and talk for hours on that
0: so guy look i this i think that uh your business is is a very interesting business, but I think that your business look, if i go past what I see on the surface there's so many interesting underlying um parts to it what drivers of it um as to people who come to you and as to why you go to people and as to why people look at property in in the first place, and as you just said as to why they invest at all mm. um and and i you know we could talk for hours about it and but it's an interesting journey you've been on, and it's what I find more intriguing is that one comes out of security industry, and the other one got, comes out of the you know the medical industry, I guess, is what you saw, of me- helping wellness, health, yeah. health and wellness, and you're both landed on property, and you're giving it a different view as opposed to someone who's not. That there's anything wrong with this, but as opposed to someone who's been a real estate agent and you know decided to go into the property market and in in this sort of style um you, you're both coming from totally different angles which is and therefore you bring something extra to it um and i'm sure your clients are doing quite well out of it i presume they are everybody's happy with it i mean you're always going to get one or two aren't but i mean generally speaking it's good to talk to two blokes who aren't sharks and or cowboys i always give everybody an opportunity to ask me one question and because uh, i've been doing all the asking and so what question would you guys want to ask me Oh, Who's got I, the question? Well, I wouldn't Matt? mind asking a question. Gavin. Matt.
1: You've used the word fundamentals, yeah. and I remember reading a quote by you. I've actually um, used it in a presentation once or twice, where I think in about 2013, you said um, low interest rates obviously fundamentally helped to drive asset prices, and now until 2018 is a good time to invest in property. Hmm. I'm wondering whether 2018 is your cutoff, and whether it's now not a good time to invest in property, or whether you think that there's well, still I turn opportunities. I turned out
0: to be right. I turned out to be right. Uh, spot on. And I said it's the best asset class to invest in. Um, the fun, um uh, uh, what i was talking about there was in relative in a relative sense so it's about relativities so in my view the asset class called property had more upside in growth in a growth sense and yield yield being growth of price and and rentals mm. than a lot of other asset classes that was the purpose of that quote i remember the quote mm. and i've been reminded of a few times fortunately it turned out right um we are now in 2018 and people have actually asked me, have you changed your view? When I made the, when I gave the view, when I gave the view, um, I was looking at it as an asset class relative to other asset classes. Um, I would, the reason why I said it is because I take the view that, um, share prices, if I compare it to the equity markets, equity markets are volatile and continue to be volatile. They're very volatile then too, by the way, but they continue to be volatile. Therefore, if you, this is a bit of a technical answer, but when you, if you apply volatility into the formula of uh, performance, and that's important because, um, it can do all very well if a share, price, share market goes up by 10%, 20%, 30%. But if on the day you're selling is having one of its bad days, it's down by 30%, you're stuffed. So there's a thing called the sharp factor. Um, and the sharp factor, spelled with an E, and the Shar factor um, incorporates volatility in the formula for accessing performance. That's the first thing. So I still take the view the share market is volatile. Therefore, I, th- I still take the view that um, investing in the share market is not a great investment in terms of weighting of how much you invest of your total portfolio. Cash, I only said, I said this in 2013 because I wasn't sure where cash rates would be in 2018. Well, cash rates are still the same. So I don't think that investing in cash or, all your, or having more weighting in cash, in other words, money in the bank, is a good idea because you're still going to get a pretty crap return, particularly once you take inflation away and, that, and also you take the tax out of that, you've got to pay as well. So it brings me back to property. Now, as you said earlier, there's lots of parts, lots of – uh, sort of components of property, lots lots of sub markets in property, but just property generally. I still think that um, the fundamentals apply between um, um, supply and demand. Um, there is lots of pockets where there's oversupply. I understand that, and I'm not going about to talk about where they are because I don't know where they are, but I, you know, I know some of those places. But generally speaking, across Australia as an asset class, based on population growth, and we you know we still have a very liberal immigration program in this country relative to what was happening in the Howard days. It's becoming a bit of a debate at the moment whether we should go back to the Howard days of immigration where we had less, but the fundamentals are that we are still growing at a rate faster than the amount of property that's being supplied in our major cities where the jobs are. So I'm not talking about regional areas so much, although there are some regional areas alike. It's not as long as I answer your question, but um, I would that's therefore like say, the like. <laughs> therefore I would say um, that property is still probably my lead in uh, investment category today. Um, but I wouldn't go, go go as far as to say I'd give it a five year horizon like it did in 2013, because I think a lot of that's been taken out. But still, it is better than the other two assets when you measure against volatility and or just sheer return in terms of cash. Mm-hmm. So I would have a greater weighting on property today than I ha- I would have on the other two assets. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't invest in those other two assets. I would just have a greater weighting in my total portfolio. Mm. It's hard to beat property. Australia's an unusual place. You know, the, the, the two major cities, Melbourne and Sydney, 55% of our population lives in two small areas. That's where all the jobs are. People always go to want to live where the jobs are. They need to live where the jobs are for obvious reasons. Um, you're not gonna. You're not gonna buy in an area. You can't buy in an area today unless you can um, show you got a job, <laughs> and you have to live in the area where the jobs are. So therefore, you have to invest in the same area. So it's sort of building on itself, especially today with borrowing. Borrowing is even harder. So Sydney, Melbourne, and you know those areas are great places to invest. But I like your idea of clubbing because Sydney, Melbourne become too expensive. So clubbing is one way to get in. I really like that idea. That's a great idea, guys. Matt, Luke, brilliant. I love it. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Good Thanks pleasure. very much. Thanks for having me. You.